Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. And welcome to the best damn camp, a Ronverse read along in a NASA's podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Rowden in timeline order. I'm your host, Fran, and welcome to the show. Today, I'm joined by two very special guests in the form of Joe and Katie from the Damn Snack Bar podcast. Thank you both for coming on. Hello! <laughs> you are so welcome, Fran. Welcome. My name is Seb Press. It's never Seb Press. It's always Kate and Joe. It's always no i i did, technically did it in the opposite of alphabet order but yeah i just wrote it in like that and i in my head i think i thought i was writing it alphabetically but i'm not but it's great because you're happy that it is okay please remember i am very dyslexic so i fully thought it was the other I don't think dyslexia. I see dyslexia has nothing to do. Just sing the song in your head. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> I can do it when I do it out loud, but like off the cuff, I'm like, yeah, no, that seems like it's the right way around. <laughs> true, very true. Okay, that's well, that's that's great then. Also, then it doesn't make any sense why Joe's name comes second because everything should be being done alphabetically. <laughs> It comes second because she was born first. Uh, I think it's more just I'm a narcissist and I want to talk about me. This is Kate's podcast, I just guess. Yeah, Joe's just there. <laughs> Sorry, this is your podcast on our podcast. It's Kate's podcast and I just, I just guessed. Yeah, I love how when you can tell when there's two hosts on a podcast, you can tell who created it and who's just along for the ride. <laughs> said I'm invaluable. You are invaluable. Otherwise, I'd be talking to myself. Because I'm too scared to go and ask people to join me like Fran does. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, it took me a long while to get to this stage. I think I did I did a lot of episodes by myself for like a long period of time, even when I knew everyone on the podcast, like all the other yeah. podcasters. I was actually, us. hold on. I'm intrigued when I did finally get a, <laughs> get a guest on my show, because I think it was like a very late <laughs> in the game. <laughs> Hold on, let me well, let me check. It's not important, but yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I was wrong. I did actually have a guest pretty early on, and it was my friend Taylor, and it was us taking the piss out of the movie. Um, oh, we love so that. <laughs> we see in this house, we are movie stands. We love the movies. <laughs> kind of like how you love Twilight, even though it's. It's. I mean, it's great. It's great. <laughs> it's iconic. <laughs> totally not my comfort series to watch four times a yeah, year. Every now and then, you're just like, I need to watch it. I, I need it. I need that hit of what? It's a cult classic. Okay? Whatever crack is in that film. Yeah. Films. Not new name. It's the crack is just called Kristen Stewart Joe. That's all it is. <laughs> it does not. That's it's just Excuse Kristen me, Stewart. Edward Cullen. <laughs> Rob, hey, hey, Robert, Robert is a he's a good addition, but we mostly watch it for Kristen. 
That is, yeah, that's the same with me, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine is for predominantly gay reasons, so I don't yeah. like. Yeah. But talking about you guys' podcast, can you tell everyone about the Damn Snack Bar and like where they can find it and what it's about? So, <laughs> it's technically a read-along podcast. Um, we, we're major spoilers, though, and we'll oh, make that clear. Yeah. That the only be. the only point of our podcast so far that's not major spoilers is yeah sorry interrupted you is is um, our Kane Chronicles episodes because Joe hasn't read them yet and that's currently what we're reading and we're pretty oh. much at the same time as Fran like we're like yeah. at the same point basically and, um, which is fun Apollo, for the moment. Child of Apollo. I read the first book and then went fuck this shit and put it down. Yeah. So we try so, to avoid. I mean, I've seen a lot of spoilers for it anyway, but we try to avoid explicitly spoiling. Yeah, we don't technically have like a theme or anything that no. like our discussions are based around. The unless theme, the theme is, is like crackhead crack discussions. <laughs> we just we just discuss shit. We love, we love a tangent. We love a fan theory. We love just just bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they like to prompt me and go, "Quick, quick, tell me your fa- stupid fan theory," and I'll be like, "Okay," and then you'll be recording it later. And you're like, "You said the dumbest shit." <laughs> like, we, we, went on, we went on a tangent the other day that wasn't even okay. <laughs> so the thing was, we went on a tangent because we were talking about Ra's like one of his you know he has three like representations we were talking yeah. about the one that sadie said looked like a moose or something and then we somehow got on to like what is the plural like the form moose. of the word moose like what do you call a moose. group of moose and the answer is moose but we thought it was meese or no, i thought it was meese. Thought it was meese. i was like it's <laughs> moose. Like 20 minutes Moses. talking about meese like geese yeah like, it was a, a lot. goose and, a, and geese so that's kind of what you get from our podcast and you can find it everywhere <laughs> we're on spotify the podcast app we're on the, the podcast app. <laughs> the one apple podcast that's what i meant yeah I don't know, and we're on instagram as well In your heart. Dev <laughs> so that's that's where we're at and it's just a lot of chaos all the time which means we love exactly. is that enough because it's that is enough it's, and that is good did i sell good. it <laughs> You this did is, indeed, and all the links for that is going to be in the episode show notes for all the people listening. If you want to go check, uh, check them out Love on it. socials and the episodes as well. <laughs> so go <laughs> click just them, please. Yeah, Joe just put a thumbs up. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'll do hand gestures or facial expressions. I'll go, oh, they can't, they can't hear me do that, <laughs> and they can't see you do it. Either. <laughs> That's what I mean. So like, that was, that was pointless. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like but, nodding along as people talk and they don't know that I'm nodding along and I'm like, I know <laughs> I know and that's all that matters yeah yeah. you gotta throw in like a yeah or like a mm-hmm every now and then to make it look like or sound like you're still well engaged. you don't appreciate my woo woo <laughs> because when you do them they're like monotone so all I'm hearing because a lot of time I'm not looking at you when you're recording I'm looking at like my book or my notes or whatever and so we I just hear woohoo in my ears but it's like woohoo <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I get from you and I'm like okay that's so funny oh my gosh I'm still gonna keep doing it <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If you do that on this podcast, uh, this will be the greatest episode I've ever had. <laughs> I am now expecting a reflex. A woohoo! I need it. I need. I'm expecting a woohoo. Yeah. You have to prompt one. She's commissioning like, one for like, me. There no, so they have to come naturally because what happens is I'll, they'll just I'll just be like sitting here and they'll be getting ready, and all of a sudden I'll be like, whoop! <laughs> 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 
<laughs> no, or like, right. if I say something like, let's get into this chapter, and Joe will go, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Reflex. All right. Okay. That's going to be my goal for this episode: is finding <laughs> a way to get the woohoo. Okay. So well, let's try promise. this because now yes, I really want it. it to be unironic. Gotcha. <laughs> so today we're continuing the timeline journey with the Kane Chronicles, the Throne of Fire, Chapter Fifteen, Camels Are Evil, and Chapter Sixteen, but not as evil as Romans, which are from Sadie's point of view. As Fantastic always, titles. we've got. <laughs> Exactly. As always, we've got our points to focus on. So today we've got characters, narrative, and generally what we thought of it. But first, there isn't a synopsis because I can already tell the last time I had Katie on here, it was like nearly two hours long. So we're going to just <laughs> skip the synopsis and just go into the chapter <laughs> overview points and then just dive in from there. So- when you get into a discussion about British colonialism, you're not stopping early. Oh yeah, exactly. What was it? We had like twenty minutes worth of us talking about British, like colonialism, yeah. imperialism, yeah. just how shit we are as white people. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty and much it's not hard the theme. to discuss it. Yeah, it really, because it's true. Yeah, completely. Yeah, ironically, I had a conversation about that to do with um. Actually, no, let's not, because we're going to attend. I just get really into it. <laughs> No, damn it. My goal is to put Fran off the track of getting on with things. (laughs) All right, sorry. Let's go. So, the overview for chapter 15, Camels Are Evil, is as follows Sadie and Walt begin their journey to the Roman Egyptian tomb on the back of some camels, but it wasn't all smooth sailing. After traveling a little bit more easily, i.e., not like no attempts of being robbed at that point, Sadie finally tries to get Walt to open up. Walt is the descendant of Pharaoh Akahenton? Yes? Like oh, Peloton? don't worry. I butchered his name 17 times on our episode that we talked about this. His name became Anaham. So you were Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch trying to save penguins. Yeah, it literally was. <laughs> oh my god, I need to watch that video again of Benedict Cumberbatch trying to save the word penguin. Penguin. That was... Penguin. The penguin. <laughs> <laughs> What is the descendant of Pharaoh Akahenton, a pharaoh who attempted to move away from the gods and his line was punished because of it? Unfortunately for us, we learn no more in this chapter because a fighting tomcat, hosted by Bast, arrives. Bast has bad news, Apophis riding, to which Sadie says, duh, and he wants Ra to rise also. His plan is to divide the gods and magicians in more ways than one. Though it may be a trap, they must still revive Ra. It may be their only chance. Bast, though conflicted, agrees and guides them towards the Roman Egyptian tomb, which Sadie subsequently blows up. She's just not subtle at all. No. <laughs> no. Her response style. is just like, I'm so sorry, to, but, you know, oops. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not an excuse. <laughs> You've destroyed an ancient artifact and ruined people's art afterlife. Like if you ruin a mummy, that's their afterlife life ruined. Yeah. To be fair, when they got down there, they wanted their afterlife to be ruined, or <laughs> at least switched up. <laughs> like with the mummies or Sadie. They're the mummies. Oh. What yeah, they kind of. I mean, they did it a little bit to themselves. Yeah. Pick a religion, kids. <laughs> Pick a religion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No? <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, that was, that was yeah, no, I think, I think if you're going to if you're going to 
follow some path of religion, then you should be able to choose which one it is, not have it chosen for you at birth. Because the the way that they did it, though, is the way he explained it, at least in... Oh, that's in the next chapter. I'll get into it then. (laughs) I was going to say, you can talk about it now, because I jump around a lot anyway. Oh, okay, great. So in the next chapter, he was talking about... (laughs) Screw you, chapter 15. (laughs) I want to talk about... Well, well, what's his face? The ghost guy. Uh, Claude. Yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> people weren't prepared. Anyway, Claude was like, yeah, we were doing it to cover all of our bases just in case because we weren't sure if we were good enough people to go anywhere. So we were like, safety net, safety net, safety net. And then fucked up all of them. So, so you're saying like, that Mad Claude is the Yenta at the kid's birthday party who brings 17 plates and then three more as backups and then three more as backup backups. Sure, but imagine them as she did it in a rush, so they're made really, really shitty. <laughs> like, they're not well made. Like, if she had just dedicated herself to one good plate of cookies, everyone would have loved it, but instead she brought 17 plates of burnt shit cookies. Because <laughs> she panicked. She making stuff. Because she panicked. And now everyone's like... No, nobody wants anything to do with it. I love it. Exactly. Well, like that's that's what it is. That's like you should have just picked one and done a really good job, not half-assed everything else. Yeah. Life lessons, kids. Like calling out my own character. It's kind of accurate, really. I will take back my comment of like, how could Sadie destroy these artifacts? With well, it does actually seem to have been beneficial later on. Yeah, a little bit. And I it's mean, also their own fault. Yeah. It really, yeah. So, well, most, like, it's half and half. There so we go. really, Sadie was a blessing in this situation. <laughs> a blessing yeah, that they is... wanted to kill. <laughs> <laughs> kill the blessing. <laughs> we've, we've already established they're not very smart. They... <laughs> they're also like, they were super creepy. Like, I was just imagining, okay, so Fran, have you seen Storks? Uh, as in the, the movie Storks to do with the babies, yeah. but like yes, that, yeah, the yeah, baby yeah. ends up with a wolf and all that sort yes. of stuff. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you've seen it, there's wolves in it. <laughs> it's great. It's good, it's good. It's... Buy my book about wolves! <laughs> yeah, doing it so good! No, okay, so all I could think of was when they kept talking about how the mummies are like silent and whatever, all I could think of was the penguins from the Storks movie who were trying not to wake the baby when they're like stopping What's-His-Face and What's-Her-Face from getting to the baby and they're like running around like whisper-hushing and Junior. like that kind of thing. And just like the shuffling noises Junior and the panic. Yeah, and that's all I could think of the whole time I was reading it. I was just hearing like that movement because they're not saying anything that's all sure, i was hearing no what i saw and this is purely because i was just watching it literally like two hours ago was the white walkers from game thrones oh right yeah that is also a good analogy creepy 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 i also like the, that a little bit yeah the yeah. scene when aria was in the library so they're all Ugh. quietly shuffling around and yeah I hate that scene so much. You love that scene. It's the favourite. It's, it's the, the only scene you can see in that entire episode at Winterfell because all the rest of it is just black screen, basically. Yeah. It's too dark. Every now and then a flicker of a torch. And you're like, I can't see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't see. Literally. I have so many annoyances with that season of that show. We just won't talk about it. So number one, <laughs> lighting. Yeah. <laughs> they, did not win the, they did not win the Oscar for lighting. <laughs> <laughs> the Oscar, in fact, booed them when they found them. <laughs> so number two, haircuts. What happened? It's like it's like having an honourable mention, but they're the dishonourable mention. <laughs> yeah. 
they got what was they called the golden raspberries like the the awards that are basically meant to like award people for being shit maybe it should be the golden onion the golden you're making a twilight reference (laughs) oh gosh okay sorry yeah um <laughs> so is this you cutting the bullshit because we're talking about death this is somewhat yes. relevant because what we learn things about Walt in these chapters. Dun, and by dun, the way, dun. I need to point out to everyone, Walt is actually my favorite character from the Kane Chronicles series. Like I love Zia as well, but Walt is my favorite. Like out well, Carter's like my boy. I adore him to pieces. <laughs> my boy! <laughs> my boy. My child. Oh, my boy! <laughs> my child. Honestly, that boy needs protecting. He needs he a really does. He really does. He's an absolute yeah. um, <laughs> Buy my Team Carter merchandise, please. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Plug, plug. Yeah, um, do it. But other than Carter, Walt is like my second favourite character like you're sort of tied for first but just slightly behind yeah who's yours angel see this is like really hard because i've said yeah i've said this to you and i've said this to friend i said this on my the last episode that i came on for um i really i do like sadie but only in the sense of like i understand that she's a shit person and that (laughs) she's only 13 and that's mean of me to say to a 13 year old i would say you say that that's all I say about Sadie. All of them are shit. Oh, no, I disagree with that. We watched Turning Red the other day and all of them are amazing. Okay. All 13 year olds. Well, Sadie's an it girl, so she can. <laughs> Sadie's is also true. an it London girl. Like She's yeah, gone she's to like it. a boarding school. She's a little she, yeah. shit. She's yeah. a she looks down on women. It yeah, girl. it's the internalized London? misogyny for me. That yes, becomes... it's the internalized misogyny, one hundred percent. Kate, you um, can't turn and grow. They're Canadian. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fantastic and nice people. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. And I, I also say, think you... back to when I was thirteen, and I'm like, thirteen year old I would rip their teeth out. I was like, oh, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> do we I've just, do we just want to hold him under the water till the bubble stops? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's me, but it's more just like, Fran, why are you trying so hard to be straight? Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing! Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah, overall in the entire series, Sadie, I hate to say it, but she is probably my favourite. Or at least that she was my favourite on my first read of the books when I wasn't overanalyzing everything. So it might have just been me going, she has nice. similar outward humor to Percy and I love Percy so I was just like mm. and a lot of like what I was thinking about Sadie was fully influenced by the tiny crossover series where Percy meets Sadie and goes if Annabeth and I ever had a child I think that she would be a lot like Sadie and my brain just went oh my god me Percy and so I loved her forever but now that we're like <laughs> rereading the books I'm like mm, not such a big fan so you took off your rose tinted oh very much so and I do <laughs> love Carter and I also love Walt a lot the thing, and I've said this on one of our episodes, the thing that makes it so hard for me to love Walt is I just hate the fact that Rick fucks him up later. Like, he just screws everything up, and I, I hate that. Excuse me, it's a 15-year-old creeping after a 13-year-old. Yeah, it's the well, age change thing. 14. He was 14, so in The Throne of Fire, he's but referred to being the same age as Carter, so he's yeah. 14. And then later, yeah. he's 16. Oh, yeah, he, he just suddenly, like, he ages up, like, super hard. And I'm like, yeah. that's what I don't like because he's such an adorable character that I'm like, can't we just, Also, 16-year-olds like, aren't technically, they aren't usually adorable. So it's like, no. Why couldn't he be 13? 
Why do we even have yeah. to say his age? I mean, I understand why we have to say his age, <laughs> yeah. but like, I, was saying, I don't you know. know why they didn't it keep him at like... his age. Like, yeah. The, the, so it's in the first two chapters. So it's in chapter two of this book. He is yeah. said to be the same age as Carter at fourteen, and then yeah. it's the next book. He's suddenly sixteen, and his yeah. curse is about to kill him. Yeah, it's literally. Yeah, it's not. And he's sixteen in this book. He just stated it. No, he's only fourteen. No, he just stated it. You tell me that Rick fucked it up in the same book. In this book, he stated that he's. Oh, 16. that is a new low. Wait, a new hold low, on, Rick. Where? What is going Where? on? Where? Where? Cite your sources, Joe. In in chapter sixteen, when they're in the tomb and they're at the rubble and they're talking, and he's opening his soul to her, <laughs> and he's talking about how his dad died at eighteen. <laughs> I'm so grossed yeah, out by that. And that he's sixteen, so he's not too far off. Teen parents exist, Joe. Wait, still hold grosses on. me out. Don't put it in my books. I'm trying to escape that. <laughs> oh anyway, yeah, we never. Got oh my god, I completely missed that. So he fucked I. it up in the same book. Oh wow! Look at me go. Wow! Look at you, Joe. <laughs> Look at me remembering shit. <laughs> <laughs> I completely. I glossed over it because when I read the sixteen, because he was saying most of the others twelve, thirteen, and I think I read six. So I just missed the eye. Yeah, that probably is the same. Wow. Oh man. Sick. So We're not even six. Six. This is an editor. This is so an editor's issue right here. So How did the editor not catch this? Literally. I mean, we didn't catch it either, and we're going through literally chapter <laughs> I know, but that's but also, not our not, job. Yeah, this we're also not, not being paid for it. Okay, so we never got over to me, so I'm just going to jump in and say it. My favourite character. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> we're still talking about Walt. We're still getting there. My favourite character, from what I've read so far, is set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I can see it. Set and Horace. I don't set know. is an absolute vibe. Okay, the reason I think you think you think this, I haven't said this to you. Set has dynamicist energy. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's what it is. He's chaotically <laughs> neutral. He's a chaotic yes. neutral. Yes, and yes. I kind of love that for him. Yes. I really liked it. Anyway, and I like honestly, Horace sold me when he was like, "It's my birthday." <laughs> you, got, you got me. I was like, "You forgetting something? <laughs> Do you get a present?" <laughs> I feel like we're literally the same body. We like, literally live in the same head, Horace. <laughs> I'm the only person you talk to. <laughs> you want me to get your present? Do you really think I could surprise you with a present? <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite part about that is him being upset and then Carter being like, "Happy birthday! No, help me." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes okay <laughs> yeah. yeah the god i'm gonna say the gods in the king chronicles i feel are more interesting than the gods in oh yeah like, in the Percy jackson series because they have so much yeah. more character because i know i've discovered it actually happens in multiple platforms that i consume content is that really? i tend to really like the chaotic neutral character <laughs> the one who's like are you good or better doesn't matter you're fucking funny so you got me <laughs> I represent my trauma through comedy. (laughs) (laughs) They win. I want them. I love it. I love it. Um, But just speaking about, just going back to Walt slightly. So we learned quite a bit about the initial parts of his curse in this chapter. Of course, interrupted by a cat, which is, I feel like (laughs) is the best way to be interrupted because then you can pet a cat. But (laughs) it's also very vast. (laughs) It is. Is that your... To the point that she also forgets that Walt's there as well. Uh, She completely forgot that Walt was there for, like, the majority of the conversation until they thought, oh, sorry. (laughs) I 
forgot you were here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it totally would not be out of forget- character for Bass to be like, and what's your name again? <laughs> it just wouldn't. I keep forgetting that she has a British accent and he has an American accent. Because when I met Bast. <laughs> no, no, no. Sadie and Walter. Amelie, I could see Bast. Walter. Well, you just immediately made him 80 years old. <laughs> He can't tell me his name is not Walter. <laughs> Walter's short for Walter. Or it Walter. could be short for. <laughs> when... <laughs> it could be short for like Waltham. I don't know. That's even oh, worse, we're... mate. That's it worse. Real <laughs> <laughs> hell. <laughs> I'm yeah. with my cousin Wilhelm. <laughs> You mentioned about Bass, and I'm like, technically, Bass should have an English accent because she spent most of her life in England with yeah. Sadie. So well, she should well, have most, an most of Muffin's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Muffin was an English cat, <laughs> and she bought it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she was also like she was in the uh, the Cleopatra's Eye thing in London as well. So Needle Bass yeah. should have an English accent. That is yeah. that is the debate I'm making here. If she doesn't have an English accent, that's your in... question of the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should Bass have an English accent? We'll start accent. a poll. We'll start a poll. What accent? Oh yeah, do you think she has? that's going to be Bulgarian. Yeah, well <laughs> Bulgarian. <laughs> Oh, oh Scottish! Right. <laughs> my name's Bart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it! She just goes through all no, the no. accents. If she was Scottish, she'd have to be McBast, wouldn't she? <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> you know what? Bast, she should have. You know how there are different breeds of cats from like different countries and stuff like that. Yeah, Each time yeah, yeah. she's inhabiting. One of those cats. She should be taking on the accent of that cat's origin. Yes. 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 The Egyptian yes. Mao, Egyptian yes. accent. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know that I meow can't think of any other breeds in different, <laughs> different languages? Wait, what? Do you know cats meow differently in from when they're from different countries? I don't know if you're taking the piss. No, no, it's fully. <laughs> I was going to say. I know that's the thing because like, dogs have that as well. Dogs yeah. understand the language that's been spoken to them. Yeah, why and so there's raw raw. She just wanted to say raw. Actually, I just, I just thought of it as I was saying it. <laughs> it's actually true, is that uh, cats have accents. Oh, I have seen those videos on TikTok of like people adopting like a chihuahua or something and being like, I wonder if he's like Spanish. Like if they're unresponsive to like English and then they start talking Spanish and the dog's like, oh my god, I know what you're saying. <laughs> he I've up. seen videos like that. Those are great. I love those videos. Yeah. Right, sorry, back on topic. Whoa, whoa, cursed. <laughs> Gacy, you had a lot to write to do with it. Talk. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Joe literally just said to me before, oh my god, is that your note compared to Fred's well, note? Because I have your, your note, Fred, your notes for it are so neatly and they like, I said, oh yeah, yours is just a word dump. <laughs> <laughs> you can see, you can see the, like, the way that my brain moves <laughs> as, like, with can also, each sentence. I'm also reading it going, I'm just, I know how you're going to say this now. Like, I'm going, I can hear the emotion. 
So, okay, I was rambling a lot in this section. I was just, I just want to know what you think, Fran, of Walt's like magic. So it's it's real, especially in chapter sixteen of who his. Oh, I mean, it's said in chapter fifteen as well who his ancestors are, and so the whole thing about Akhenaten is that he moved away from worshiping everybody, and then he decided to make and force Egypt to become monotheistic and worship only the sun not even the sun god literally just the ball of flame in the sky he was like this is what we're worshiping now don't look at it too hard you will blind yourself (laughs) you'll be blessed by the sun and so like but it was only like four or five years that they were worshiping the sun and so i just am wondering like if that specific worship that's going into that one thing like we had a whole conversation on our podcast about what it means for the god that's being worshipped like how is that giving them power and that kind of thing and so i kind of was on that same brain wavelength of being like is is does the kind of worship that you're giving to a god affect your magic as well as their magic and like does the fact that um akhenaten made egypt worship just arson does that mean that egypt's magic changed and like I don't know. And I kind of went on this train of thought of like, does that maybe mean that Walt has a specific kind of magic that's different to everybody else because his line of ancestry, like they were very much into this one thing. And so is that why his magic presents differently in like the terms of like the gray light that we saw in Brooklyn house against the Cobra or like the ash turning things to ash in the next chapter. I kind of just like went on a whole big ramble about it. Cause I was like, I just, wonder if there's because the whole thing about the ren and like what it means to follow the path of the gods is that you're using their memories to relate to you and relate to your situations and in that way is giving them power but like i don't know it just i i don't know i really don't know how to like articulate it properly i don't know if this is making any sense at all <laughs> oh no i understood and i was reading through it as well and i responded to it underneath and i basically just went <laughs> i think it's kind of somewhat reflective in how Walt uses his powers because even though he does seem to have power with like how he's able to like dust things and stuff like that though I think that's more connected to the curse than oh my god you said ancestral. dust things I just had an image of him with like a swiffer <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm thinking more as in like you know the like infinity war and yeah, yeah. dusting but that's how <laughs> oh, I was referring to okay but I was still picturing dusting <laughs> like the cleaning version <laughs> like, Walt's cleaning <laughs> He's a clean. He does cleaning. He's a very cleanly person. I was thinking but, uh, like a Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> but that. So I think that part of his powers is more tied to his curse than anything. But I think it's his charms. Work. Like I know he talks later on about how he took charms because it takes like less magic to use. But I also yeah, think maybe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, I thought he was saying something. I was like, huh. Um, but i think the fact that he uses charms is probably something that he probably would have only been able to use anyway like obviously his whole thing is he can't use too much magic because it'll kill him faster but i think based on the fact that his ancestral line solely focused on worshipping one god which means you're not gaining all the magic and all the power from so many different gods as you would before i have that power of a whole you know Hellenistic belief in one place means that these charms are kind of the only thing maybe they'd be able to do because they're limited in their magic use because they were limited to one god. True. But they didn't even worship a god, they worshiped 
the sun. So I think he they was worshipped him enough. Yeah, they worshipped him enough that he kind of became a god. But then when um, Akhenaten name? died and Tut took over, the first thing that Tut was advised to do was go back to the old ways and worshipping all the gods. And Aten was kind of forgotten as a god or taken back to his form before that. And so they like basically stopped worshipping. Like he outlawed the worship of Aten in the way that Akhenaten sure. outlawed the worship of everyone except Aten. Akhenaten didn't create a new god. He became this new sun god. That's what you're saying. No. Oh, you lost me. He again. worshipped Aten. I know they sound the same. Who's Aten again? The sun. The sun disc. He is the sun. Oh, which is connected to Ra, though. So I wonder yeah. if maybe he was a part of Ra. Like a chopped way. Like a, would you say like a chopped up limb? Oh, Aten. Yeah, I am worshipping his, his leg. His <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, see, but Artan, when he was Ra's sun disc, was supposed to reflect the part of Ra that rose in the morning. So he was supposed to give power to, like, in, instead of Ra, like, Ra's whole thing was that he had his power all the time and that he used his power through the night. Like, that was the setting sun, you know, going into the Duart and finding Apophis and then rising again. The sun disc itself was supposed to um, embody the rising part and it was supposed to be like a creation thing and it was being like, you know, the world is being born anew. That was Artin's power kind of thing. It's kind of hard to explain. I went on like a whole deep dive the other day when I was looking, but a lot of it I can't tell you because you don't know the rest of the story so I can't give anything away. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so he's technically some at so he's known as two different things. So there's Aten and Aten. Um, spelled with an O, which seems to be the more common spelling. Does that yeah. sound different to me? That was yeah, I was going to say, it, they, they sound did. very <laughs> different in how you would say Aten and Aten. Yeah. Um, but Aten apparently is the one that seems to be used more often. But anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, but so he was a god in his own right, somewhat connected to, to Ra, so like what Katie was saying. So he's yeah. depicted as the solar disk emitting rays. Um, basically, so he was like to do with like the growing, so the the rays of sunlight were the mm. thing that brought prosperity to the people of Egypt in some way, yeah. which I think is why it came, mm. became part of it. But mm. So I think he was technically a god, but he wasn't one that got that much focus because he was connected to Ra previously. Yeah. But he became more of a separate entity because of Akaten. I can't... Akahenton. <laughs> <laughs> I keep wanting to... It sounds like saying Peloton, just with an ack. <laughs> I'm just imagining somebody like cycling through the sky. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> Lift those knees. <laughs> Shine those rays. We believe in you. Let's go. <laughs> See, now I'm just thinking of that one Peloton instructor guy on TikTok who was like so flamboyantly gay. <laughs> like, maybe he's like flamboyantly gay. The other ones who's like, pick your tits up and get back to work. <laughs> yeah, the one who like goes on like random tangents, and you're like, how does this apply to anything I'm doing? I'm cycling. <laughs> he's like, you know, work, <laughs> whatever it is he's saying. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but um, <laughs> so I was looking at it. So yeah, that, I do think that the charms thing connects to Walt's situation, and it's that <laughs> his dusting powers are connected to the curse more than anything. But I think 
He's limited slightly in his magic because they were limited to one. But do you think that he's God. actually limited or do you think that he's forcibly limiting himself? Because we saw in the chapter where the Cobra came, like the whatever works class where Carter was like, do what you need to, to defeat whoever. Mm. Carter literally makes a point to say that Walt takes his time like more so than the other um, initiates. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Students. Than the other magicians, whatever. Students. He like purposefully takes like hesitates too much. And I'm wondering if like he like it probably has to do with the curse and he doesn't want to accelerate his death more than anything else. And so like that's part of why he's using the charms. But I wonder if he's like not considered any other kind of magic because he's seeing it as too risky and he's maybe not that kind of a risk taker at this point. Yeah, Hang I on. think it's possibly a <laughs> me dropping easter eggs and joe being like mm. at this point you have to see a level up i can't tell you all i can say is read the book tell me yeah. that's my answer for everything even when i don't have an answer i'm like mm, you'll i don't know you'll find out if you don't have an answer just tell me that no because that's a spoiler in itself oh but you sound way too uh all-knowing and powerful <laughs> we're really you're like yeah it's oh. the narcissist in me i'm over here listening, looking stupid and they're like Mm-mm. no you don't look stupid joe because well, they can't see you t- <laughs> death glaring me what <laughs> Um, to your question, Katie, I do think possibly he's not completely limited in his abilities. Well, I do think he, in comparison to his ability to do like that grey dusting thing, mm. I think his natural powers connected to his ancestors isn't as strong in comparison mm-hmm. to what I think are his powers that seemingly are coming relating to his curse. Okay, yes, I like this. Okay, okay, okay. I still uh, like I- my theory. Joe, what's your what's theory? Yours? My theory is that Walt is being prepped to host Ra. Oh. Do you wanna do you wanna back that up for Fran? No. Back that up with some of your information. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let her think about it. I'll take no, it. I mean, it's all to do with the sun god and worshipping that, and they're trying to bring back Ra, and you need a host, and he's such a big god that what's happening is that in preparation for Walt's body, they're burning him from the inside out. That's why he's got the grey lightning, because all the light has been sucked out of him to help bring Ra along, and then eventually when his full force body is put into Walt, he'll combust. It's a good theory. It's actually, like, very well. So I was going to say, actually... Will combust. His body will be fine, but his bar will combust. Waltz. Oh, to okay. So you're saying that they will literally, like, he'll be a husk. Like, Muffin is a husk. Like, Muffin has no Ren, no bar, no nothing outside of when Bast is inside her. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, kind of thing. Or he'll just be really squished in there. Because <laughs> Ra will take all the room. Anyway, I can see it a little bit. In like... I had I had more points, and I can't remember what they were. But those oh, it had to do with like ones. the ash thing, because you're like, what burns? What comes from burning things? Ash, exactly. <laughs> and what burns stuff better than the sun? Yeah, I think a lot of it came from when we were talking about his family having worshipped the literal sun. That yeah. you were like, oh, bra. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. We can't tell you. No, that's I'm, a rim. You're gonna sit there. And you're gonna tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> That's a good theory, actually. I do quite like that. Um, oh, and she, we shall see. Theory. We shall see. Um, we're going into... Fred's got a better poker face than I do. 
<laughs> it is actually it's a really good theory I do kind of it is yeah. Yeah. pretty gullible I think it is especially because he right. hasn't like picked someone to follow yet and he's because he's too blinded by being in pain and he's like I don't know what to do I can't pick because I'm gonna die anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> but moving on slightly from Walt to another comment that you put in here Katie into the notes to do with Sadie and her fatal flaw because I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on that oh okay so this comment oh, stemmed from the fact that so Sadie's whole thing even oh, though fatal flaws no, no, no. Even though fatal flaws aren't like any kind of plot device, the same way that prophecies aren't a plot device in this series, the way that they were in like Percy, like that was such a huge part of the Percy Jackson first series. Yeah. And in this book, they have left none of that, which I like because it's like, you know, diverting from that. But I also can't stop my brain from being like, if she had one, what would it be? <laughs> and so we came up with, we when we read Percy, we were very much adamant that his fatal flaw was not personal loyalty. His fatal flaw is wrath, fully like that's what it is. It's full wrath. And like he gets the most wrathful when he's when the people he's loyal to. Yeah, like that just hurt. happens to be like the coincidence part of it. But yeah. like he fully leads into that wrathful side well, of himself. That's, like that's his that's the flaw. only time people see him go fully wrathful. But you, we see his inner thoughts. His inner yeah. thoughts are very wrathful. Literally, the first thing it. he says in the book out loud in the very first book is "I'm going to kill her" or something like that about Nancy Boba Fett. He's a very violent person, and I love that. <laughs> Anyways, so then I was thinking about Sadie, and I think that Sadie's fatal flaw is recklessness because yeah, we see that with, like, every decision that she makes and everything that she does and that she says and that she thinks. It's just an innate part of her, and I think that that's a very, like, fueling I, like I just think it's something that fully like drives her and anyway we see it in this chapter when she like destroys the water tower and like <laughs> without a second thought and yeah. kind of just like does she's like a do now think later kind of person and the reason yeah. that I put this comment in here was because we did a whole look into Sadie's astrology chart yeah. because we found out that when her birthday is she's a Pisces we're Pisces and we were so, like mm, Sadie's a Pisces <laughs> anyway relating to it we were looking too. at like what the inherent like you know personality traits of a Pisces are and then we were looking at her moon as well she's a Cancer moon and so I know that Rick would not have gone into like any of that when he was picking her birthday he wouldn't have like had made a second point about it. he just picked a date and that's fine but like it was just very coincidental a lot of the stuff that was coming up like she as a Pisces sun cancer moon is very in touch with um the emotions of herself and the people around her but she like holds a grudge so much that she's never going to let go of her first impression of anybody no matter how informed she is about the emotions around her and she's also like very personally loyal but like only if you didn't offend her on that first meeting kind of thing. And I think that's mm. very true to who she is. And like, apparently Pisces Sun Cancer Moons are also very quick reactions to like very think, like, think later, do now kind of people. Very much that and very much like leaning into their first instinct, no matter if it's hurting anyone around them, even if they're informed of like what those emotions of those people, it's like, it was, yeah, it was a lot. And I, I just kind of, was very impressed and I know that astrology like it's all very vague so that it can apply to anybody but it just seemed to scream Sadie so much that I was like oh this is so cool but yeah so I think it's recklessness but I would love that her fatal floor is but I would love to hear if anybody else has any ideas because oh. this is something that fuels me what's her fatal floor 
boy boys. crazy. <laughs> boys are available. Boys. Yeah. And also not or... the right not the right kind. Anubis no. is not nice. I don't know. What was until Rick forgot that he was meant to be 14 Literally. and living it for us all? Literally. Well, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, for somebody who's that boy crazy, there has to be another level to be like, why are you so desperate to get that kind of Daddy issues. Daddy issues. <laughs> Thank you, well, then, yeah, so then it stems to, yeah, <laughs> parental issues, and then I'm getting the feeling of abandonment. Awfully mixed in there. So her fatal flaw, I feel like, is something to do with being clean. <laughs> well, I guess like, that'd be grudges. Like she holds, like she still kind of yeah. hates her dad, which grudges. she's informed enough now to know that her dad had no choice in the yeah. matter. Yeah. He she was strong armed <laughs> into having to give her up because her grandparents are racist and wanted but it's the fact that she's loyal to her grandparents and not her dad like yeah or even i'm saying like understands the the emotions behind the reasons that people make certain decisions but then is still holding people to the first reaction that she had to those decisions so she's still angry at her dad even though she understands he had no choice and she's still loyal to her grandparents even though she understands they're fucking terrible people yeah, yeah. Well, she's got this link in her brain that's like her dad did her wrong, and her grandparents have looked after her for the past what seven toxic years? five seven yeah. years, however long it's been. Uh, and yes, they are toxic five... people. Yeah, but yeah. they still looked after her, so she's like, did they ingrown, or did they just grow something absolutely abhorrent inside her? Yeah, like misogyny. <laughs> well, and internalized racism as well, mm-hmm. and hatred, and just snobbiness yeah <laughs> yeah just because like and it's straight away you can kind of see that with her first interaction with carter like she's not happy to see him she has no yeah. interest in seeing him she has no problem with her grandparents outwardly yelling Treating loud enough him for him to way. hear don't let him in the house yeah and has no issue with that whatsoever it doesn't really literally i know obviously it's difficult to call family out on things like that sometimes especially when you're young and you've got nowhere yeah. else to go but, but also, like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like when your brother, like, when you're in a situation like that where you're so aware of everybody's ethnicity and you're so aware of, like, the societal implications of that kind of relationship and that kind of family history, I kind of see no room to, like, forgive her for those actions because she makes a note of it in one of the books where she's like, I understand how people look at me and it's I've always hated how people look at me because of the colour of my skin or, like, that it's not the same to my family or that kind of thing. So she's fully aware of, like, everything surrounding that whole situation. She just doesn't give a shit about what it means for Carter compared to her. Yeah, and that's definitely, I think, it's like, I know people have talked about, like, the colorism situation, um, the fact that she does have this sort of internalized aspect of she's not really ingrained much in her culture. Like, yeah. I think it was um, Owen, because Owen knows um, from Through the Mist for everyone who's listening. Yeah. Owen knows um, everything. To- <laughs> he does. Um, <laughs> but he knows a lot about London. So the area that Sadie lives in is a very white, affluent area. Mm. And so I think it will possibly be an aspect as well of like she... She is also one of the few, from the descriptions that are given in book one, one of the few mixed-race people in her school. Yeah. And people ask her where she's actually from, where's her dad, 
um, yeah. and like make lots of comments about her appearance. So, and this yeah. is the whole thing. So, so many people talk about her. I was like, oh, oh, I admit, I'm one of those people that she's white passing. She would be to an extent, but she clearly has enough distinctive features that some people yeah. still don't perceive her as yeah. white. So, she is still visibly perceived as mixed race to the point that she gets these racist questions and micro. But that's what's so confusing because she understands how it feels to be asked those questions, but then doesn't think twice about it when Carter's treated worse. Yeah, and I think it's it's possibly a little mixture of like she's not actually being educated within that cultural aspect of her community yeah. in some way, maybe. Um True. and I mean like I'm she's I'm not well traveled like a brother. <laughs> Yeah, not well travelled, <laughs> not really had that much experience. Because I'm assuming she probably hasn't been stopped by the police in any way that you know, yeah. most people, most black people in London are stopped by police because of their, the appearance that they give from their skin, where they live. But she's from an affluent area mm-hmm. and she is white passing enough that maybe... On like she's a probably never even quick... seen a police officer before. <laughs> Yeah, and this is the whole thing. I brought this up in the Red Pyramid. The fact that she wasn't questioning the Met's immediate sort of like, oh, they're terrorists. The two dark-skinned black men are terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give you a pass if she doesn't question it. Straight away, I was kind of like, yeah, she's not educated. Because even like me, and admittedly, this is from me educating myself, the Met are institutionally racist, have been uh-huh. since the 80s, well, since their existence. But like, and it's still <laughs> you kind just of have to be now. to steal culture from everybody else and refuse to give it back. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they're they're not any better. There's like even things going on now. Like there's so much uncovering of institutional racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, all these sort of things, doing terrible Most things people. within the Met, and that's still going on now. But also considering when these books were written, especially this book in particular. Now I yeah. admit. That she's not, well, she has been in London. Actually, hold on. Before I say this, I want to make sure that I'm correct when I say this. <laughs> right. 2011. As to when it was, because that's... Hmm. Okay, so she won't know about it yet. Because we had this thing in England called the 2011 London Riots, which is to do with a black man who was killed by police because they assumed he was a criminal. And it led to these like multi-day riots in London. Um, but they won't have happened yet in the time that this book was. Because I think, well, actually, hold on. When did the first book come out? <laughs> I keep saying that. I keep second-guessing myself 2012? Was it? I'm trying to think. Okay, I'm so then you should know. I'm trying to think when Lost Oh, no, it's 2010. Okay, so no, they wouldn't. So 2010. Oh. So if we say that this is meant to be like, I don't the first know. Book my is December, <laughs> December two thousand and ten. So yeah, no, she wouldn't know about it until the last book. But there's mm. definitely been other things that have happened. Like it's well known that the Met are racist, unless you are in richer areas because you don't experience it that as much. So yeah. it's, it's like this is not remotely relevant. But it's just it explains some of her behaviors towards her, like her dad and her brother, and kind of not recognizing these sort of things. Yeah. So I do agree with what you were saying about her character of the fact that if she had a fatal flaw, it would be recklessness and all of her things about her ast- astrological signs as well. Makes so much sense. Because she does, when she forms an opinion, it sticks. Yeah. And you see that a lot also with the Anubis and That's her clingy thing, Joe. <gasps> wow, full circle. <laughs> we see it with the Anubis and Walt situation as well. Because like, although with the case of Anubis, Anubis was a dick the first time she met him oh as well. fully 
he's like, ew. But he's what a is pretty this gum boy, on my so shoe? She was like, yeah. But no, I don't think it was that. I think he was just nobody's ever spoken to him the way that she speaks to him, and he's like, oh, she's not like other girls. <laughs> Well, I was meaning more as in the aspects of like he says, "Why haven't you been married off already? Considering how rude you are, <laughs> to uh, shut you the fuck up." <laughs> yeah, basically, and like all these sorts of things. So he's consistently insulting her, basically in their first meeting. Yeah, and she's only smitten with him because he's attractive. Like that's kind of, <laughs> so. Admittedly, Joe made a good point there of like there wasn't actually a development of any kind of thing that would have led to a good impression because he was a dick. Yeah. The only thing that was nice about him was his appearance. Yeah. Whereas Walt has been consistently nice from the get-go. He is adorable. Sure. And I'm oh, just yeah. going to make yet, a point that I read and consistently in this chapter. Sadie is comparing Walt to Anubis consistently in these yeah. chapters. Like she has this whole thing. His about, eyes didn't melt me like Anubis. What? Well, wait That's for yeah. thing. Wait for it. She says, you know how I said his eyes don't melt me? Now I was wrong, and then she was like, "They've got this um, like this sadness to them." Like Anubis, like Anubis. it just gets me. But I was like, "Sadness, oh my god, she likes broken boys." Yeah, Sadie literally has an "I can fix him" attitude. Yeah, uh, but the worst part of it is she makes, she makes a really nice comment about Walt. I was like, well, obviously, it's nice. It's sort of backhanded design. He's got the sadness in his eyes, but it's the like Anubis. And I'm like, so you're yeah. still comparing this mm-hmm. guy to a basic white boy? Like, mm-hmm. come on. I go, we could take it as is, she's, she's comparing Walt to wait, wait, a wait. god in How the way that like Hazel compares Percy to a god. <gasps> he's not. He's actually white in the series. Like the the official artwork for him, how he's described as being pale. Yeah. He's actually ah. white. I thought yeah. he was pale because like I thought he was like just a pale Egyptian. He's like a Nico lookalike ah. in all of the art. He's yeah. like I thought he was just a pale. And it's how he's described he as Egyptian well. but yeah. described as pale because he lives underground. In the art, the only reason that I can tell him apart from Nico is the fact that Anubis is shirtless, usually. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it would have made more sense if that was the case, but, like, you've got, like, Osiris, for example. Obviously, he's got blue skin, but he's also clearly still depicted as a black person. Yeah. Just with blue skin, whereas mm-hmm. Anubis is described and depicted as basically no. being white, which is something yeah, I do really Egyptian. hope they change in the Netflix adaptation is that they do actually yeah. hire, like an arabic or egyptian actor to play yeah, I, I would love no, in my brain they're always gonna be egyptian because they're egyptian gods i would love for the representation of the gods and everybody in egypt to be as diverse of a representation of how arabic people can look as yeah. it is in in Kanto. like you have seven different kinds of colombian yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know there's a redhead. There's a Afro kind of that Afro Latina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the word. I couldn't think of the next one. <laughs> yeah. But you've got like it's, it's dark skin, cause... light skin, and like you can have that kind of that appears in every single lips yeah that appears in every single race yeah. and ethnicity is like a you know a dichotomy of different. Yeah. You just got to think of like Prince of Egypt as well. Like Prince of Egypt, for example, like they got the diversity of yeah. that land yeah and it's the same with like egypt like i can't remember who it was i'll put it in the episode show notes but it was um oh god i've got his book hold on where is it <laughs> uh akala so this guy called akala who's like a rapper here in the uk did like this oxford university lecture talking right. about how history has whitewashed 
lots of black history basically in the fact yeah. that the black people were uh, quite a majority in places like egypt and the middle east mm. and things like that it was part of africa of history yeah, exactly it's just like logically but no white people ruined it yeah. um story of history <laughs> um and it's just the tagline of the whole the whole world white like people white ruined people it. ruined it <laughs> yeah um this thing was fun until white people wrote (laughs) yeah which is why so i kind of really do hope the casting they do for the live action matches that more of like there will be black people who are cast there will be arabic people who are cast yeah just this diversity of different people of color because that is accurate to the history instead of having Mm -hmm. a random white boy being one that is a love interest for the mixed race girl and is picking between a dark-skinned black boy and a white boy. We were shown in Encanto, you can have people of colour be angsty. (laughs) You can get an angsty boy who's Latino, African Latino. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, if we're going to go as far as the diversity for, not as far, because it's a reasonable thing to ask for, if we're going to want to see that diversity in appearance, we also need to see that diversity in, you know, character and emotions and in personalities in a way that doesn't not enforce stereotypes but like you know anyone of any color can be an asshole but with that whole discussion to do with sadie and honestly i, I want to do the horoscopes for all actually we should get darian <laughs> to do tarot readings and all that sort of stuff for oh, all she of would the be so good. That's so good that'd be awesome um because now i just want to know because that was it's so spot on for sadie <laughs> But um, moving on, though, (laughs) (laughs) moving into chapter 16, but not as evil as Romans. And this is the overview for chapter 16. Making their way into the tomb, Sadie and Walt come across a mixture of Roman to Egyptian mummies who aren't happy about their predicament. Mad Claude, their spokesperson, has been hoping someone will come to save them for a long time. And so Walt and Sadie play it up. As they head into the tombs for the Book of Ra, they come across a god statue named Ptah. While there, Sadie learns of Walt's curse and his deadly fate and is not pleased. As they work to reach the other side of Ptah's statue, things go from bad to worse when the spirits of the trapped Romans go on the attack. Thankfully, an army of rats sent by Ptah come to save them, followed by Ptah himself. The cast of Ratatouille. Oh my god, imagine. Patar thanks them for their <laughs> offerings and sends them on their way to Carter, who is in trouble, with the simple message to Walt that there may be a cure. It's just one he may not like. And this <gasps> is not always, that's and, always the key. And Walt's like, hang on, fuck you! I have a solution, <laughs> but you'll fucking hate it. Bye. <laughs> that is accurate for yeah. all things. Sorry. Every time I really said yeah. Patar, I just thought of Brooklyn Nine-Nines. see when i even though they say like you know patar patui in the book like you know sadie's doing a whole spit take thing all i hear in my head is because i teach i teach a lot of kids and like when we do one of the things that i do because i'm a swim teacher one of the things we do to push off the wall is we call it a blast off because we make lots of references to like rockets and stuff and so i have so many kids i have just said it like you know reflexively when i say blast up i go Pichu! like you know like a gun going off like that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing that they you now say it. no 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 that they now say it when i say okay one two three blast amazing. off and they go Pichu! as they push off the wall and it's all i could think of when i kept reading patar i was like Pichu! 
You should have said ka-chow. Joe's right. You should have said ka-chow. I really should have. Just a rogue Lightning McQueen in there. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he should be in every situation. Just Lightning McQueen. Every situation calls for Lightning McQueen. <laughs> really, it really, really does. Yeah. Speed. Um, I, I am, am speed. speed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, ah. But kind of getting to... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's okay, amazing. yes, go in. <laughs> I was gonna say the one thing I just wanted to bring up is when we meet Mad Claude as he calls himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, he's like strangely <laughs> self-aware. <laughs> yeah. Mad and it's like mad as in crazy or mad as in angry, and he just goes, yes. <laughs> Those are my favorite responses. So both you say yes. He is just like so self-aware that he's like it just he realizes he's been talking to himself for centuries upon centuries that he's just like I am my own best friend. I'm my own dog. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just picturing that. Okay. (laughs) I was like, Katie, I don't know if you've seen this. I may have to send it to you. But there's this meme from a K drama called Business Proposal that's going. Well, no, it's not a meme. It's a sound from the K drama Business Proposal that's going around on TikTok at the moment. Um, which is <laughs> this girl crying in a car saying, um, I have no one to talk to. I have no chingu! <laughs> and which basically means I have no friends. And it's interesting. The moment he said that, I was like, that's Claude. Claude would like this <laughs> I have no chingu! Like this. I love it. Please send it to me. That's amazing. <laughs> I will. I will. It's legendary. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my head when he said that. <laughs> just that sound. I have no chingu! And it's just, oh my god, legendary. Um, the only thing I wanted to bring up to do with Claude is why yeah. the fuck has Sadie said he looks like Winston Churchill honestly I was like because he's got the cool eyeliner and wearing a togan uh, not a togan, a toga he's like, wearing a togan <laughs> it's, it's a toga with a slogan <laughs> it's a togan no no what would his slogan be Mad. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's mad in here. Yeah, be like Mad Dog Claude. Uh, mad Dog Claude. Hey, 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 it's got sequins. It's bedazzled. <laughs> he's just like going around, he's like a klepto. And he's just going around taking bits and pieces from other people's like mummies. Oh my god, I love it. Um, but yeah, so I just saw that and it was like, literally the only reason why Rick has basically compared this guy to Winston Churchill is because he is a white, in a sense, basically, he's a white, heavy set man. That is the only reason why he's compared him to Churchill. Oh, I was because... just going to go, Rick doesn't know any other Englishmen. <laughs> well, that also. <laughs> but all I can think is, Sadie wouldn't know who the fuck Winston Churchill is anyway, because we've never yeah. seen a photo of him. Like, no. in history, we do talk about World War Two, but we don't talk about Churchill. We talk about the soldiers more than anything and kind of like what yeah. happened. But, like, the only image... Time. The only image that I have of Churchill is from season one of The Crown. The Crown, yeah. Whoever that actor is. Yeah, Lord Farquaad. Oh, is that who it is? Yeah. Is it John Lithgow? Yeah, it's Lord Farquaad. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. amazing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. so it just straight away, I was just like, this Lord is... Lord Farquaad in a fat suit. That's <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Churchill. And literally, it just, I remember reading it and just being like, Rick has really just said that he knows nothing about England. Yeah. I mean, throughout most of this series in general yeah yeah you've been proving that 
already. We've been I have a wig on. Oh god. I've raged so many times about the lack of understanding of England in this. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing that I mentioned. I can't, it wasn't the previous episode, I think it was the episode before when it talks about how England has its own gnome. And I went, you know what? I hope that's not the only gnome in the UK which is made up of four countries. <laughs> I just got really angry. It's like, I hope there's at least four because Wales should have one, Scotland should have one, Ireland should have one, and then Southern Ireland, which is its own country, not connected yeah. to the UK, should also have its own gnome. So there should be five gnomes in the British Isles. And if there's not, Rick's an idiot. <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing. I'm gonna was go it, with Rick's and Did oh, I'm pretty sure Owen did <laughs> an episode. Personally. I'm sure Owen did an episode trying to figure out where all the gnomes must be in the world because there are more gnomes than there are countries. Is there? Uh, yeah, there's like. Oh, we have to listen to that episode. I think I may have missed that one. There's like 300 and something gnomes. Well, what's what's the um, the Antarctic gnome is the is the last one, isn't it? <laughs> And so it's like the 300 and something. Where the penguins gnome. rule. Yeah. Yes. And, but there's, there's only like 100 something countries in the world, isn't there? I oh, I could know. be so yeah. wrong right now. Why I don't know how many. I, I failed I'm geography, as my listeners will know from a previous episode. Um, <coughs> oh, yeah, the yeah, 360th like, gnome located in Antarctica. Also no, so there was 300? In... Yeah. There's also, was... yeah, oh my God. So there's but one then, in Antarctica, yeah. which is the 360th, yeah. and the 300th gnome is in North Korea, which is also a punishment gnome. Right. It probably just opens straight up into Kim Jong-un's house. <laughs> he says, vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. You live here now. <laughs> so we go, to trivia, we go to trivia, a trivia night every week, like pub trivia, and one of the questions last week was, like we were talking, it was the, the crazy facts. Yeah, it was like was crazy laws around the world or whatever was the the um the round of questions we were doing. And one of the questions was just what country forces you to vote but there's only one candidate? And we were like, mm, North Korea. <laughs> I said Russia, and then Kate was like, No, 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 no it's North Korea. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Okay. There was another one that was like, how many glasses of wine is a married woman allowed to have at a restaurant before she's cut off? And we were yeah, like, in a specific country. And then I was thinking, okay, so three, but then again, it is the world and society, so zero. And we were correct, it was zero. No, it was one. You sure? Yeah. You sure? You can have one drink, that's Almost. it, because you're married. But if you're not married, whatever you want. You can I'm have pretty as many sure as you it want. was zero. <laughs> I think it's one. No, I think we said zero. Oh, I don't know. I'm not having this argument yet. <laughs> but anyway, and it was like it was like my feminist was in my in me and I was enraged. The <laughs> <laughs> rage. Yeah. It's like you don't tell me how much I can drink. I tell well, I was me. like fuck you. I'll do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Owen was trying to go into what countries would have how many gnomes, but I think they make it out like there's only one gnome in Egypt, and Egypt is massive. Yeah. Hang yeah. On. And yeah, America seems to have a gnome for every bloody state. Yeah. There's one in Chicago, there was one in Tennessee, there's obviously the one in New York. Yeah, and all. yeah just be like, just you're like... not that big, okay? You're yeah. same size as Australia. Well, I think Owen was trying to calculate whether it's based on maybe population size, but it didn't seem like that was the case. I think it's literally just at random, and Rick just picked a random number to be the last gnome. And so yeah. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it. Because I was just going like... to say, if it was based on population, then China would have, yeah. China and India would have the largest yeah. number of gnomes. Yeah. 
And so I think basically it was just, where do I want to go next? Okay, well, here's a random number. That's this gnome. <laughs> like oh, yeah. there's no like general, like one could be in America and two could be like number two could be in Indonesia. like, you know, yeah, literally. And number three, like there's no like mapping across the world, you know, in order or anything. It's literally just at random, which yeah. we love. There's no color coding. There's no system. <laughs> it's very chaotic. <laughs> we love it. But yeah. The whole thing is just wild. But just speaking about gnomes, I just saw your comment here, um, Katie, to do with the whole Anubis, uh, not Anubis, the whole Walt situation and finding out about his, like, disease and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Your note here about how, why haven't they asked about the lineage of each of the initiates? Because that surely is is logical. Surely that's a, oh, great, you can see Brooklyn House. Okay, tell us what your lineage is so we know that you're not just someone who can see through whatever we're looking at. Like, you need some kind of... Like, see through the mist. Yeah, like, you need some kind of qualified to be like, yes, I actually can be qualified to do magic or I have this innate power. Like, we went into this in our first episode of this book too when um, they were sitting at the table before Sadie decides to be selfish and go to London and mm-hmm. all of the initiates are, like, leaning in to listen to Carter basically tell the story of what happened in the first book. And I'm like, did nobody ask questions when they came to Brooklyn House? <laughs> did nobody go, okay, why What's am I deal? here? Is, why are you in charge, yeah, a 12-year-old? Is the voice recording that I listened to true? Like, there were no follow-up questions. They just, like, were welcomed into the house and been like, yep, here's your room, here's your stay, go to classes. And like nobody thinking. questioned it. All it for three months. You know they sent it to the publisher, which in this case is the author is Rick, who's received yeah. these tapes. Imagine yeah. if they got a copy of this book and they just hand it out to the initiates of the comments, like, read this and you'll understand. Yeah. But it's like there seems to be like there was no question from the initiates whether the Canes were telling the truth, and there was also no question from the Canes whether the initiates can even be welcomed into or can even do the magic they're being asked to do. There's no like, Maybe you there's know, like a boss it's just very confusing. Oh uh, yeah, but merely these are children running yeah. this establishment, so they're kind of thick. So it makes sense. Oh, do you know what? Because also, it's just not... so fun. Speaking what? of like ancestry and things, Tut didn't have any children that survived, so there's actually no way that Walt can be a descendant of King Tut. God damn it, Ray. Maybe it's like a cousin. <laughs> that's well. That's what I thought because so Akhenaten had six daughters. One died, and then three more died, and then one no, no, married. You said three went missing. Yeah, and then they died, and then one. No, they're still alive. <laughs> still... Right now, they're still alive. One married Tut, who was also his son, so like brother and sister married, and then they had two children. One died in vitro, and then the other one died like pretty much right on when they were born but then the other daughter nobody knows what happened to her so there were no like actual surviving like the line that we know of children or grandchildren of Akhenaten so like Walt's whole lineage makes zero sense to me and I didn't question it until I was I didn't question it until I was researching Tut and so like I just had this note in here being like it's a kind of good that maybe Carter doesn't is the last to know about Walt's whole ancestry because he would know everything about Tut. There is no question. He would know, like, all of this. <laughs> and so he would be like, looking at Walt being like, how are you alive? <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, you're lying to me. Yeah, he would be like, there's yeah. something else with you. Like, <laughs> who are you really? <laughs> yeah, because that guy, that guy be dead and having <laughs> no offspring, so. <laughs> literally, yeah. Um, you're like, no, 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 the lion died with Tut. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. 
Oh my god. Rick, how do you not do basic research on this? Okay, yeah. Sure. Unless I'm missing like a secret child from one of the other daughters before they died, I'm pretty sure that there are no ancestors. Yeah. And admittedly, even if that was the case, theory. that wouldn't work anyway because Walter said he's also a descendant of Tut. Mm. So like he's specifically yeah. said Tut is one of my ancestors, no, which no, yeah. is an improbability. Becky switched at birth and Tut's actual child didn't die day of delivery. Rip. <laughs> but how, would, how would they acknowledge that that's the real child? Like how the curse! <laughs> oh yeah, true. This person died of mysterious illness, we don't know how, so they must be related to Tut. Crazy stuff, but crazy yeah. stuff. This is um this is I think it was me and you, Katie, who talked about this. That it just Probably. The King Chronicles is clearly one of the series that unfortunately didn't seem to receive as much attention from Oh, it's so sad. It could have been so good. Yeah. And I'm like, I good. still love the series yeah. as is. But like there are, def- there are areas for improvement. <laughs> there are areas there for are improvement. Serious areas for improvement. And not like yeah. I wouldn't straight change up change plot. I wouldn't change like plot things. I would just add things. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing that I would change plot-wise is not having Vlad be the villain because really, a Russian. His name is Vlad. His name is Vlad. I can't take him seriously. His name is Vlad. Vlad Meshnikov. Vlad Meshnikov. It's just like you went Russian name generator, and that came up. When you say Vlad, I think of the cow. Oh, oh. Yeah, they're which like, makes no yeah. sense either because they're from Eastern Europe. They're not even from Russia to do with Dracula. And Dracula <laughs> is Vlad and he's not even from Russia. Oh, God. The God. Boy, Scout. Yeah. I mean, he could have gone with, like, there are, like, so many stereotypical Russian names that he could have gone with that would have been so just as, like, Ivan. That's Russian? Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, this one. Oh, it was um, Ivan the Impaler. Uh, he was yeah. King Ivan. He Peter? was uh, king of Russia. <laughs> Is that purely Russian? <laughs> I was gonna say. Like you can tell me names are from specific places, and I'll be like, okay, I thought that was names. <laughs> Christoph, I think, is Russian. Yeah. yeah. Nikolai. Yep, there's one. Because he was one of the star. Bob. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know John is a very English name. And Steve. Well, it's more so, I was just being just in general, just don't have him be Russian. Yeah. I remember reading it, just being like, he's That's an American author. Yeah, it's not necessary. It was really random. And also, he's then had the Russian bad guy yeah, literally like just being the bad racist. guy for the sake of being bad. Literally. He could have gone with a Canadian. That would have been amazing. Oh, oh my so God. Good. Imagine. A Canadian bad guy. Yeah, no one would expect it. Oh my god, he would have been so polite. And yes, no. Imagine the amount of jokes that you, he could have made that just end in a, like just <laughs> Oh, he'd be the most frustrating villain if they were Canadian. Yeah, he'd be fucking fantastic. But also, it would make sense for why people don't think he's the bad guy. Yeah, they'd be like, "How is he a bad guy? He's Canadian. He's so sweet." You'd be like, yeah. He offered me Tim Hortons on my my first meeting, and then told me he was going to murder my family. It's such a nice in the same sentence. 
But it was so yeah. nice about it that I just agreed. Do you want to donut before I kill you? Or? Like, like, I love the idea that, yeah, he's so polite and he's so he comes across as so considerate that he'll just convince you and tell you the truth. He'll, he'll just like, nice you to death. Yeah, he'll just nice you. He'll be so nice to you that he'll distract you and confuse you and then he'll go murder your family and he'll be, you'll be like, did I say he could do that? <laughs> Gas lets you into thinking he's a good person. Yeah. yeah. But see, that would actually be a more interesting villain. Literally. From this basic conversation here. Um, just to be like, no, 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 no. We talked about Well, those this. are the best villains. The best villains are the ones who, like, villainy seems like the second like lesser important part of their personality like with set you've got the humor and the humor comes before the villainy but with glad yeah. it's just all villainy like there's nothing there whereas if you had yeah. a canadian it would be the politeness before the villainy yeah and it would yeah. be he'd ask you nicely where it's most convenient to stab you yeah he's just <laughs> distracting and you're like and say sorry whilst he's doing it yeah, yeah. or yeah or, or it'll be like you'll do something and he'll be like you know it would be easier for everyone like if you put a tarp down for the cleaner you'd be like yeah or you just like sadie blowing up the boulders and going oops if there was a canadian villain he would have been like you could have done it more discreetly to get your point across there was there was no need for that needless yeah. destruction we didn't ask for it <laughs> that kind of shit that's my favorite See, i think that's why i also like villains that are just like inherently tired they're just oh, like tired of everything but so they're still funny. Being yeah. a villain to well, be like, like Megamind. Oh, yes. Megamind is a great example. I just love Megamind no, I love villains that are like, really? Okay. <laughs> like, Alright, let's do this. Yeah. God, yeah. nobody does it like me. <laughs> you want a job done, do it yourself. I'm trying to think, okay, because again, I'm in Game of Thrones mode because I was just watching it. But the hound. He's so like that. He's so tired. He's so tired. He's like, fuck's sake. Fuck you. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> if you're like, yeah. Let's go into the uh, sort of the subject discussion points of yes! this episode with the sort of the narrative theme um, oh. of this because you've made some really great points here that I've talked. Oh, to, this is just me ranting like I do on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I have thoughts and feedback, so go and then I will respond. <laughs> okay, so my whole annoyance with this series is the fact that Rick has done the same thing where he said something is super important in book one and then immediately forgotten it two chapters later and continued that theme of forgetting it for the rest of the series. The thing that he's forgotten is the fact that Carter and Sadie have this whole we can't be near each other and argue or have emotions because we'll blow everything up. Very Sadie. Um, Anyway, he like forgot that as soon as he said it. And the thing that frustrates me is like the whole point of the book should be focused on the fact that they need to work as a team forget the love interests it's not something i want to read about when it comes to these two like the whole thing should just be them learning to love each other as siblings and learning to like be a family yeah literally the whole found family thing like you set it up so like easily in the first book being like they've been separated for this long they don't know how to react around each other they've been separated for this reason or that's what they're saying the reason is anyway they've been separated because of this so like the whole series should be about them coming back together literally to save the world and rick just like completely forgot that and it just frustrates me to no end because i'm like it just everything would have worked out so better especially because a lot of this second book so far they've been separated for a lot of it and so like if they learn to follow the path of the god as they have sort of been talking about with like learning the wren and learning it's raining oh funsies anyway learning like 
learning the ren and learning the path of the gods and i think as part of that it should be like learning how those two gods work together and how those two gods sort of complement each other so they become whole as a person and then they come back together and they learn how to like do that whole teamwork thing rather than oh my god where's my love interest right now where's my significant other Mm. right now your significant other is your brother like it's your sister yeah go and fucking like get you know yeah I, I know I completely I completely agree with that because it is the thing that there are some great sibling moments in this series. Like yeah. there's only there was only a couple of chapters ago um of like but there have been some great sibling moments in this series but they are so few and far between. Like we've not really gotten that many from Sadie. Yeah. We've got quite a lot from Carter which I really do appreciate is his opening up and we had more yes. of that in this in this book yes. as well of Sadie learning his secret name and kind of seeing mm-hmm. more sort of the darker, more vulnerable sides of him, which yeah. in the previous chapters really kind of freaked him out a little bit, which is Same. why he kind of but also us. wanted to go on this separate path. Yeah. Which is interesting. I love that. But Rick really does. And this is, this isn't even just a King Chronicles issue. This is a Heroes of Olympus issue. This is, it's, this is a Rick issue. Yeah. It's a Rick issue later on. He fixes it later. Magnus Chase doesn't really focus that much on relationships. Um, Charles oh, of Apollo a great series. Magnus Chase is really good, but like Magnus Chase and Charles of Apollo basically fix the issues that I think Rick brought about in Heroes of Olympus and King Chronicles of romance being yeah. a big feature of that series because mm-hmm. I think he recognised that his audience was growing up a little bit more. Yeah, but he fucked up by just having a lot <laughs> more romance about it because yeah. like it's not, it's not important, and the fact they both have it like I'm fine with Carter and Zia. It's a Sadie Walton Anubis situation that I'm not okay with because it's messy. And it doesn't yeah, get any weird. less and also, messy. Carter's older, so it's fine. Yeah. She's just I think thirteen is too young to be dating. Your brain is not nearly as developed as it needs to be. But it's also Carter consider. and Zia are the same fucking age. Yeah. Yeah. They're the same they're age. The same age. They're a couple years older. And also, she's have... relevant to the plot. She's yes. relevant to the plot. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sadie's romantic. <laughs> well, but as in, like, as in, we've kind of gotten hints of that already from the fact that yeah. Apophis wants it's her. Been, like, plaguing like, we've seen that in the with, previous like, chapters. And... Yeah. Yeah, and that in itself is a clue. Like, we're getting a sense that she must be important because why else is Apophis going over after her oh, since yeah, childhood? Like, he's been going why after her. Why is Carter so childhood. obsessed with her? Why? Because he wants her bangs. <laughs> <laughs> he wants what? Like, her bangs. <laughs> She's got a dope cut and he wants it. Haircut? Yeah. <laughs> it's because he's got such I curly hair he can't grow bangs. <laughs> I'm talking about the pop bitch. <laughs> I think you're talking about Carter. I have no idea. Well, that works too. <laughs> a pop bitch has curly hair? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm pretty sure a pop is a snake. <laughs> They're like, what does um, he want? Her haircut. <laughs> That's what he wants. He's so superficial. <laughs> I have coveted it since she was a child. <laughs> she has not changed her haircut since she was a But there's just, there is at least there's a reason for the whole Carter and Zia situation in comparison. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, like obviously that's an issue that I have with it. Other than that, the narrative that we are kind of getting in these two chapters like the the narrative is kind of hitting its stride for the overall sort of arc of this book like we have a sense that apophis's plan is a little bit more different to what you know the siblings are expecting because he wants them 
to bring Ra back. Yes. We don't know why, but we can assume it's probably not for a good reason. No, yeah, um, no. And Sadie, considering her vision was also of him being an older man, you know, it's you know, there's giving there's giving issues of hmm, probably not a good idea, but we've got no other choice. Because <laughs> if we don't, then chaos and Matt will be out of balance. So Ra has to be brought back all the same. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of like heading towards the sort of end game situation of like we we've got an idea of Apophis's goals, and they're terrifying. And I kind of like oh, that. Apophis's goal has <laughs> always been clear. He's just the hungry boy. He's just he's a hungry, cheese. hungry boy. He just wants to eat the earth and be done with it. And you know what? Why not? Yeah. Why are we still? <laughs> we've ruined it enough. It'll yeah. just give him food poisoning. Just give it up already. We've, we've proved that we can't be trusted to have nice things. So, like, you know. Let the snake eat the earth. All, <laughs> and admittedly, he'll probably spit it back out anyway because there is so much poison in the air that it'll yeah, give him food poisoning and he'll just be vomit like, back out. So basically what we're learning here is that we are on Vlad's side. We want to be on the winning side. <laughs> admittedly, be- I'm not pro-Vlad. <laughs> Vlad can suck it. <laughs> But Apophis, I understand. <laughs> Apophis, man's has a point. <laughs> <laughs> man's has a point. <laughs> um, but I think yeah. that's kind of, that's all. The only other thing I want to talk about was the characters. And it was literally just going to be me gushing about Walt. Because Walt is, alongside Carter and Zia, the most fascinating character. He's super he, fascinating. He's so interesting. His backstory, the curse that he's under, the fact that even though he knew coming to train with the siblings would speed up his death he still wanted yep. to because it was something he was born with mm-hmm. this is something that is important to him because it's in his very being and he's basically said fuck it i'm gonna be dying anyway why yeah. die and not reach my full potential oh no oh no was this published in the yolo fra- like stage i of- think it was actually oh, God, <laughs> the yolo no. thing was around because this was when i was in like the later years of my secondary school sort of period and I'm pretty Oof. sure Yolo was a big thing then. Um, but he took it very literally and he took it in the way that I appreciate. Because firstly, he didn't say YOLO. <laughs> and secondly, he has a good reason for saying YOLO because he quite literally is dying. And he ha- <laughs> he is taking that with, I want to help save the world yeah. while I still have the chance. And I can respect yes. that because... That is a very grown-up decision for a 14-year-old. And I'm going to keep calling him 14 because Rick's an idiot. He is an um, idiot. In this instance. In, in other this instances, instance. he's a genius. <laughs> in other instances, he's really good at what he does. But yeah. ages... This is not... I would like to point out, this is not the first time he's fucked up someone's age. Oh, no. Hazel it's should actually be 14. Yeah. Hazel should actually be 14 when the series starts. But yeah. he forgot she had a birthday. Mm. by the time she appears in the series. We also forgot that Frank had a birthday. He was 16 and then suddenly he was 12 or something. It was just ridiculous. Oh, no, no, that's... Um... Oh, no, no, that's still Hazel. I think Frank's oh, age doesn't it? change. Yeah, so Frank was always 16. Like, he recently had his birthday. And should then have been 16. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Should have, been oh, yeah, no, he sh- should have been 15 at most. Yeah. Yeah, but at least in the case of if Hazel had been her correct age... <laughs> It wouldn't have been as bad because she would have yeah. been fourteen coming up to fifteen that year. Shouldn't she have been fifteen coming close to sixteen? Because she should have been like someone who was coming close to fulfilling the great prophecy, like, you know, we'll reach sixteen against all odds kind of prophecy, and then she died. Um, should she not 
be closer to 16? No, that, that prophecy hadn't come in yet at that point. Oh. She was born before the, the deal, because the deal but... came after World War II. But if you take it as oh, all prophecies, oh. like because of the Sibylline books in Heroes of Olympus, oh, aren't yeah. all prophecies already already foretold before? The yeah, Oracle, but that's like, also a plot, that's a that's a plot error on Rick's part. It's a massive um, plot hole. It's a massive plot hole. Because it just means that the Romans just accept that some like prophecies just will never come true for them. Like they kind of just went, "I see your great prophecy. I'm not going to do anything about it." But you know, <laughs> yeah. I raise you with Neptune. <laughs> I raise you with nah. Yeah, um, <laughs> really. I don't feel like it. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, that's one thing I do like about the King Chronicles is that there are no prophecies. There is none of that bullshit. It's just yeah. things that are happening, and they just have to deal with it as best they can. Um, yeah. And Walt is one of those people. He is one of those people who is dealing with this curse. I had, in a sense, no intention of telling Sadie what was going on because he knew it would cause problems exactly um i don't know i just think walt first i think walt is too good for sadie oh 100 percent. what is the attraction there on his side i don't see yeah. it I she's, don't a, it. she's a bastard she's, she's a, a little, little shit. shitty person she punches him for Literally. telling her about this whole situation she, she like fully, him. like when he came to London to like help save her when he thought she was in like massive peril, she and she was basically, like, Fuck off. <laughs> she basically was like, mm, "I'm here with my real boyfriend." Bye. And he was like, "Yeah," and then gets angry at him for mentioning just mentioning once, yeah. Jazz, who is still in a coma, yeah, because yeah. of Sadie. Sadie has just like admitted that. Jess, and she's just like accepted that Jess is gonna die. That's her like whole thing. She's like, well, oh well. <laughs> yeah, but she was like, no, then no, no, she I was guilty about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's no, she's not nice to Walt remotely. Um, she does not in the nicest way to her. She does not deserve love at this current point in time because no, she's a no. little shit. Walt she deserves better, it. and I will die on this hill. Walt yes. deserves better. Yes. Yeah, all manners of life. <laughs> but aren't it always the ones who are like cursed to die too soon that are the ones who are the best? Because yeah. they know they don't have so much time, so they can't spend it being a shitty person holding grudges or, you know, just being yeah. a shit person. Although they in could. Technically well, they yeah. could. Because like, and this is the whole <laughs> thing. He's chosen the path. <laughs> yeah. He's chosen the path of being a good person instead of like you know how some people when they find out they're dying, they go and they're tell like, people what they really think of them. Life <laughs> like, is I've held this in. I've held this in for so long. Clara, you're a cunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, boy, I'm going to yeah. burn all the bridges. Yeah. Burn them all. <laughs> but like him, his whole thing is, his final moment is he wants to help save the world. That oh. is what he wants to do. And that is so awesome. Precious boy. Yeah. He, oh my god, that, that broke me. He wants his life to have purpose. Let's just move on. Either way, Walt <laughs> yeah, is the best character. Well. Yes. Walt is someone who deserves the world, deserves yes. better than Sadie. Yes. Um, and, you know, he, he deserves a happy life. Not with Sadie. Honestly, Sadie, Walt Sadie had, needs to get a reality check. <laughs> yeah. Walt had no reason to feel guilty over the fact that Sadie was annoyed that he might have something with Jazz. Go after Jazz. She seems like such a better person. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, Jazz is a much nicer person. Also age appropriate. <laughs> like, he shouldn't feel guilty because Sadie's annoyed. 
he should be like, yeah, fuck you, you're yeah. terrible. I'm going after the good one. Yeah. Who understands because she went out heal. of her, she went out of her way to make him feel bad about it as well. Yes, literally. More than once. Yeah. What'd she do? Um oh, so she, like, when yeah. yeah, so Walt mentioned that he should go check on Jazz, who again is in the coma, and she deliberately mentions Anubis to hurt his feelings. Yeah. And then this time here as well, she brings up Jazz again, just saying hypothetically, you know. Um, if you're telling jazz about things like this or you're spending time and she the jazz is in italic so she's emphasizing mm. the jazz situation as well to kind of get it probably to what make makes it no bad sense again. is she makes all of these snide comments but then has the goal to act surprised when carter like outs walt for having a crush on sadie and it's like she wouldn't yeah. make those comments if she didn't know uh, yeah he liked her yeah. Why do you like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's what's the why do you like? Yeah, I don't what's get why Walt likes her at all. No, because no. well, other than the fact that Rick messed up and made him sixteen, but like when he was fourteen, <laughs> she had a poster of Anubis. She has a poster of, of Anubis in his Egyptian form on her wall. Oh, it's still weird. She's yeah, it's still weird. It's still stupid. She printed yeah. it out. <laughs> but maybe, see, seeing as Walt is like dedicating his life to saving the world, maybe he's putting Sadie on some kind of pedestal because she started that revolution or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Or she already already had a hand in saving the world the first time. Like back. Oh my god! Hold on. I know. Th- I know they kiss in this chapter, but yeah. Imagine maybe if he just... had a crush on Carter. <laughs> imagine if this whole thing. So he does. He's not actually interested in Sadie. But he's being kind to her because he wants to be on Carter's good side. I'm having a sleep with your brother. See, but Walt doesn't even have to try (laughs) to get on Carter's good side because Carter recognizes, like, good people recognize good people. Exactly. So Carter would be, like, all over that shit. Like, snakes recognize Well, I was meaning more as in, you know, like, how um, in leads up to, like, proposals and stuff like that, there is, like, more, like, checking in with parents to say, like, would, like, do you approve of that relationship sort of situation? Oh, getting in good side. Yeah, so Sadie approves of him, so he can be with Carter without having to worry about causing a fraction between the siblings. Love it. Now he just has to yes. fight Zeal, or just fight for Carter's attention away from Zeal. Yeah, he really just <laughs> yeah. has to just at this point just has to distract Carter because Zia wants fully nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, she's like, ew, I don't even know you. <laughs> oh god, that did hurt though. It's oh <laughs> so depressing. Because yeah. he's there, like I've dedicated three months of my life to you, and she's like, "Who are you again?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. All I know you? is that you are a criminal in the eyes of the first gnome, and that means yeah. I can't be consorting with you. And I was like, oh, and he's like, Ow. "Yeah." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Do our shared memories mean nothing to you?" And she's like, "Yeah." Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't already, have them. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Wow." Oh, this is like the whole thing. We compared that whole, or I compared that whole scene where. Carter is like, but like your Shabdi, you were sharing memories with the Shabdi, so you know what's going on. And she's like, I don't know if it's real. Like the reason she doesn't know if it's real is because all of her memories of the last three months were being, you know, like interweaved with being plagued by Apophis. So she had the whole like, um, Peter Malak. Yeah, the whole like Tracker Jacker Venom Peter Malak storyline from Mockingjay, and she's just like doesn't know what's true and what's not. Um, Hunky Games fucked me up with that storyline. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh my gosh. But yeah. It's one of my favorite series just because she wrote those situations so well. Because imagine your whole entire being just being 
flipped because somebody messed with your brain. No, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about being like, sold to a game. But, but yeah. on that fun note, <laughs> <laughs> let's go into the thing that every, all the people who are listening are always looking forward to, which is this week's question of the episode. Yes! Because we all love Walt. The we question do. is about Walt, which is. What do you think of Walt's curse? Were you surprised? Do you like it? Etc. Etc. Uh, they'll be going up on all the social media um, in the com- well the day after this episode goes out. So be sure to let me know your thoughts um, on that post. Um, and Joe and Katie, seriously, thank you both so much for coming to talk with me oh, on this episode. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> We're nearly at two hours again as well, so I think this is a recurring theme whenever yeah. I have. The damn snack bar on on this podcast—it's <laughs> going to be no, too saying, It's just tangents, is all it is. That's what we, you know. Yeah, I think taking the synopsis out fully helped. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I'm so glad I did. I did Those the thirty seconds. With... <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, but for both of you, tell everyone who's listening. Out, I'll say Joe because I realise Joe, you've not talked that much. So you tell everyone <laughs> where they can find the damn bar and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Fuck off! I do not want to. <laughs> sorry, I'm so no, bad. Sorry. It's it's Kate's routine. I yeah, I don't know the script. <laughs> Joe like sits there at the end of our every episode, and she just like watches me talk. <laughs> I know it's nothing going in that brain. It's just no. What's our what's our email? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you want to email us, we are devsnackbarpod at outlook.com. And if you want to send us or follow us, if you want to send us a message or follow us on Instagram or Twitter, then we are at devsnackbarpod. And you can find our podcast, the Dev Snackbar, on like everything. So it's super fun. Yeah, come and and tell us your cracker theories. (laughs) Sorry, because again, you guys can't see me. I'm smiling. Joe usually ends that little spiel with it like a yee or like a yeah or something. The only part of the script that I remember is it's linked below. (laughs) That's that's it. Yes, and it will be. It will be linked below for anyone. There we go. Interesting. (laughs) My one input. Oh, um, but yeah that was great so thank you both for joining me for these chapters and for everyone who's listening for joining as well be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our Ron verse journey bye friends bye, book <laughs> bye. yes bye my books yeah <laughs> bye everyone <laughs> to plug where you can find our podcast we are available on spotify apple podcast audio boom stitcher and basically where we listen to your podcasts in the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.